Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you had a good week. Well, I was off last week, and a lot of Bravo chaos has happened. I mean, so many news-breaking stories. We've got Candy leaving Atlanta after 14 seasons. I mean, she is one of my absolute favorite housewives. She's such a boss. She's so brilliant. I'm so proud of everything she's accomplished in her life and how smart she's been about housewives and utilizing it to continue to build her brand and all of her businesses. And I really hope we get to see her win an EGOT one day. Uh, Portia is now back and now that Candy is gone and you know, I'm here for it. It'll be interesting to see her married life. And I don't know, maybe this opens the door for Phaedra. I feel like Phaedra's just going from, you know, Bravo show to Peacock, uh, Traders, and back to a different Bravo show. She's been on Ultimate Girls Trips. She's been on Married to Medicine. Like, she's kind of sprinkled everywhere except Atlanta. And I know what she did was so, so, so terrible by accusing Candy and Todd of uh, raping and uh, attempting to drug and rape Portia um, when that was not true. Terrible, right? Like she went way too far. But I can't help but love that woman. Watching her on Traders, I mean, is that my toxic trait, liking Phaedra Parks? Maybe, maybe. Uh, we've got Winter House officially on pause. I actually think that's a good idea. The way it all has been airing has been so confusing because we watch Winter House and it's after Summer House airs, but then we've got, they then they film Summer House again. It's just like all the timelines are really confusing and um, we've got Summer House premiering this coming week and that's what I'm really looking forward to. I'm so interested to see how everything unfolds. And then there's Vanderpump Rules. So, guys, we did it. Anne, the assistant, has a write-up in the New York Times. <laughs> I still laugh every time anything from Vanderpump Rules makes it to traditional media, like the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal or CNN, because it's just so mind-boggling. I've been watching this show for 11 years now. I've loved this show. I've told everyone I know to watch this show. And most of them have ignored me. And then all of a sudden, they're like, what is this mayhem that's going on? <laughs> Anne, guys, Anne made it. Um, Sheena bought a new house, which is in the Valley. And part of me wonders if she's planning on potentially transitioning to the show The Valley if Vanderpump Rules eventually ends. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but I don't know. I've been really enjoying Vanderpump Rules this season. The first episode was a little bit not disappointing. It's just we kind of I felt like we saw it play out almost in real time. And then watching it back, it's not as interesting. But now we're getting into the nitty gritty that I find fascinating, which is how has the scandal impacted 
people's mental health, how, like, what is it really like on the other side? Um, You know, having Tom Sandoval open up about his struggles, I think, is really powerful. It's one of the first things I worried about when things, you know, it was clear that the Scandoval you know, craziness was not dying down after a couple of weeks. So I was like, oh, God, what is this going to do to Tom? And, you know, it's just it's a lot. And so wanted to give a, a trigger warning that towards the very end of this episode, Tom Hamlet and I do discuss what was um, talked about on the show, which is Tom having suicidal thoughts. Um, so if that is something you do not want to listen to, um, as we get farther into the Vanderpump conversation, just, um, you know, turn off the podcast. All right, guys, a uh, quick note, I was on Pink Shade this past week. So if you want to hear me again, <laughs> talk about Vanderpump Rules and Beverly Hills and all kinds of things, it's actually the episodes that I did not recap uh, for this podcast because I was on vacation. So go ahead to Pink Shade and check that out. Uh, so my guest today is Tom Hamlet. He is one half of the Dumpster Dive podcast. He is so funny. We had such a great time. We talk about Beverly Hills and Miami and Vanderpump Rules. And I think you guys will really enjoy As always, if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead, give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. And if you don't enjoy the podcast, you don't have to listen. (laughs) Um, If you want to tell me why, you can reach out to me on Instagram at Mandy Slutsker. um, Or if you have any thoughts, especially about Marcus and Larsa, I'm very confused at this. I don't understand the art of the paparazzi photos. So I I don't quite get like the following, unfollowing, uh, refollowing, being seen with like jewelry. Like I'm like, what is happening? (laughs) I can't keep track. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break and then back with Tom. Hi, everyone. I am here with none other than Tom Hamlet from the Dumpster Dive podcast. We have him fresh uh, a week into having the flu. and He mm-hmm. is back and ready to go. <laughs> How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing good. I'm feeling I'm feeling much better. Today's a great day, actually, though, because so kicks my sister, who if you those listening don't know, I host a Dumpster Dive with my sister. She, today she just moved in right next to me. She's my neighbor now. I'm. Oh my god! I'm so jealous. I would love my neighbor next to me. I say next to me. She's like a block away, but like same, same. like in New York, that's next to you. So everywhere that's uh, next to you. Yeah, which is we're very excited. We haven't. We we've always lived for the most part. We've always lived very close to each other since we've been in the city, except for the past like two years. She's been in Brooklyn, and I've and been, been in Astoria. Astoria. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But I'm sure to move out here. So it's a great day. Well, I am hoping to make my way to New York maybe sometime in late May. So I will let you guys know. Yes, because please. we have to meet up for those martinis yes, we please. didn't get to have when I was there last time. I know. Yeah. So Vanny <laughs> and I try to meet up every time she's here. But the last time she came in, um, she, well, no, you didn't come in. Right? You were oh, sick. No. I, no, was I was there. Sick. You were sick. Yeah. You had COVID. I was I think. sick. Yes. I got COVID. I couldn't remember. One of those, the world was working against us that day. Yeah. <laughs> and like Donnie was supposed to meet up, but his door came off the hinge. Oh my God. That was that trip too. Oh my God. Yeah. 
Yes, we have to do martinis, please. He sent a picture of the door and it like didn't fit the frame. I didn't want to laugh. Oh my god! Yeah, they put like a bedroom door on his front door. It's crazy, and he lived like that for like months. I think six months. (laughs) That's that's such a New York story. That is what it's like living here, honestly. Ah, but what a wonderful city it is. I know. I do. I do love it. Well. I thought we would dive in and start with Beverly Hills. Um, I don't know about you. I'm actually loving this season. I feel like it's lighter and it doesn't feel, I don't know, like there's not this negative energy and I can only attribute it to Lisa Rinna being gone. No, it's it's Rinna. I think it's also a little bit of Kathy not being there. Oh, you're so right. Kathy is funny, but she brings in a dark cloud because of like her relationship with Kyle and just I think she intimidates some of the women a bit too much. Like people don't feel super comfortable around her. And then also, yeah. And then Lisa Renna, I, I agree. I'm I have loved this season. And I usually am so hard on these ladies, especially when there's a season where not much happens. But for some reason, the not much happening here was more intriguing than usual. I think because the it, it was refreshing to see them all seemingly actually want to like hang out with each other, and like they were like having fun laughing together at this party. At and, and also, it's fun that they there's a mutual character that they all are like, who is this girl? Wait, with Anne Marie? Yeah, like they yeah, all pretty universally all are, like, are like, who the fuck is, is she? At? They're like. <laughs> So this party was so fun because they're all sitting there like, this is crazy. <laughs> it was so funny as like each one would come in. She would introduce this person to like the friends. Mm-hmm. But they obviously all know who these people are because the friends likely watch Beverly Hills too. Right. Or you just know? like, no. I mean, it's 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 the show that everyone, if, if you don't know Bravo, you know Beverly Hills. Right. So. I thought. I mean, I loved this Diamonds and Champagne brunch. It was so fun to see everyone laughing. I miss it. I It's almost like they also didn't realize they liked each other. <laughs> you know? They're I like, agree. Oh. They're like, oh, wait. Like, these girls are fun when they were all trying to eavesdrop on uh, Anna Marie and Crystal. And, like, you know, they're all watching and they're like, oh, they had a hug. They had a hug. You know, it's just, it was it was fun. It was light. It even when Erica confronted them about feeling that they had kind of gone after her really harshly the last few years, it still didn't feel as dark as because she doesn't feel as dark. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, what I did know. you make of that? I I agree. There's just a everyone. Everyone overall has like an has a lightness to them right now. You know. Um, I'm not sure what I equate that to, but um, even, yeah, Erica, I think with Erica, her willing, even though she is staunch in her crazy beliefs about where she's at with her sister, like with the ring, like the earrings, right? It's still not as like, because she doesn't have someone on her team really there, like Rena was, who would just like, fight for her for no reason she's more it's she feels a bit more understanding of like their point of view on it and also she's being so vulnerable about asking for like 
asking for things from her friends too. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's a softer because before she was so defensive that like she wouldn't give you an inch. And now she's giving a mile. Like she's like, Mm -hmm. listen, like this was really tough on me. I'm sorry for how I behave towards all of you. And then later at the end, because she started with an apology this season. And then it ended with like, part of me wants an apology from some of you. I loved how Sutton did apologize because Sutton was like, I was real tough on you and I did not let up and I see that that impacted you negatively and I really am sorry. And I think Mm -hmm. that meant so much to see Erica cry. She's not someone who does that very often. So that was really nice. I also liked how Garcelle like stood her ground and was like, I said what I said, you know. Everyone, but (laughs) the funniest thing. It didn't seem like Erica was mad at her for that, you know? No, she was just like, I hear you. But the best part for me was when Dorit like she took it so personally as if it was all about her, as if it was only said to her. And it's just the most Dorit thing ever. It's like, she's saying this to the group. <laughs> she, I, I, I can't stand Dorit truly. Oh, she is funny. I, I, I don't, I'm like, I find her so phony. I don't feel like we're getting, I, I don't, the way she, she hears things. Kind of like Lisa Barlow. She when she hears like a sentence, she inserts her name in the middle of the sentence, like where it, there was her name was not brought up. Like she just constantly, she can make any argument, any point, anything to be an attack on her or a like assault on her character or like it's just like girl, you have to give this a rest. It's not about you here. Sometimes it gets very annoying, but. I also like Lisa Barlow and I think it's the like that type of person I do I do like Lisa Barlow though. who yeah. is unrelentingly themselves and such a narcissist but like an unaware narcissist like they have no mm-hmm. idea that they're the problem and I find mm-hmm. that funny <laughs> like, Yeah it's it's amazing to watch <laughs> like wait My- so this is how you interpret like to watch what goes on in their brain is so like fascinating to me and I just I don't know I I get humor out of it I agree there are aspects of it that are funny I think with Dorit I get frustrated because she she I don't know there's parts of her that are, are guarded to me that bother me yeah I think this season was not great for her but what I would love is to actually see a season of her where she's honest about her relationship with PK not being great and I feel like now with Kyle and Mauricio being open about a separation that will open the door for her to also share her experience in her marriage, which mm-hmm. I feel like has greatly changed since the break-in and the, you know, burglary. Yeah, where, like, where is he? Like, so- <laughs> what is he doing? And also, his comment about her on Mother's Day, I would have slapped the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. Like Mother's Day is you are celebrating if you like if you are married to the mother of your children children. (laughs) married if you if if the person you had children with is here and it's Mother's Day you celebrate them because they are a mother to your children like I, I don't really understand how you can't that was crazy to me I was like you this is diabolical it is and I He also said something, I think, about how, like, in his country, when he grew up, like, Mother's Day isn't as big of a thing. Did I make that up? Yeah, he said that. But I was like, what is that? Like, So, Mother's Day in the UK. But 
what frustrates no, me but- is like you live in the United States primarily and you are raising your children in the United States. So get with the program. It's a big deal here. Stop using excuses. Like if she was and on the, the same page as him, it's different, but she's not. Right. No, but also it's not the this it's not like the kids are one and two. Like the daughter is like the older daughter is probably like seven. seven. This is like yeah. her seventh Mother's Day. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not it's, like this is the first time you're right. So that's right. Yeah, this isn't like a learning curve because it's his first Mother's Day. Uh, oh. But I also no. find PK hilarious. Like he, oh, no, is I do love PK. Like a like a made up character. You know, like a Scrooge McDuck kind of a like, or he <laughs> thinks that he's so smart and outsmarting everyone, but he keeps getting hit with these tax liens. So, like, are you really the smart one? Like, I, he's so shady. He's so shady. He's so shady, and I'm nervous for. I feel like we'll, we're going to continue to learn some things about the business ventures that he is involving himself in over the next, I don't know, five years. Yeah, I agree. Um, Got to talk about Kyle and Mauricio. So I feel like they agreed to live separate lives and separate long before this episode. And they just haven't. And what I think, what I base that off of is the preview for next week where they tell their daughters, we've tried to kind of shield you from this. Meaning that they've had some sort of conversations Where it's been clear, like, I don't know if they're sharing a bedroom, you know, where they used to. Like, I think there's been things that have been happening. And I think they've been acting to try and, like, fit some sort of timeline or narrative that Kyle wants to be shown on screen. I don't think she's been as upfront. I understand where she's coming from, but it's we haven't been brought along for like the ride the way that we have with other marriages ending mm-hmm. and on, you know, of other people on these shows. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. Yes, it does. I do. I'm pretty sure though, that they picked up cameras for a little bit. I think those scenes are months after the, the season wraps. So I, I think that I think some, I think there are more decisions that in conversations that went down after like the season wrapped. Cause I think the finale, like the finale ends at the white party. And then I think we're going to get like a three months later Chiron. And then it's going to be that scene of them with the girls. So I'm thinking of the timeline. So the mother's day is the second weekend in May. And then I'm assuming mm-hmm. the finale was like that week after. So like mid May. And then yeah. It was the end of June when all of the crazy paparazzi stories about Kyle and Morgan Wade came up. And then over the 4th of July, they announced their separation. So that's only six weeks. So I'm like, okay, did you make that decision in June? Like when, you know, how long did these kids not know? I I don't know. The whole thing is, I felt like, or maybe she waited until the cameras wrapped to I think that's what happened uh, to be like we're getting it like because this isn't working yeah she's savvy she knows what to do every time cameras are up she has a plan and I think that she (coughs) excuse me 
I think she knew that she wanted out, but didn't want to do all of that on camera because it's not worth, it's worth protecting her family for. So, I mean, she looks so uncomfortable around him. She looks like her decision has been made for a while when they're sitting at that bar, just like loosely holding hands. I don't know. They, it, it's very weird. It doesn't feel, it does not feel real at all to me. But do you think he cheated? Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I definitely think he did. I think he cheated, but I think he's always cheated and she's kind of always looked the other way. But then mm-hmm. this time something was different with who he cheated with or how he did it. I don't know exactly. It feels different. But I don't even think that was the sort of straw that broke the camel's back. I think it's him not being there for her when her friend died and not prioritizing her and then just so obviously prioritizing expansion of the agency over mm-hmm. and over and over again and just not even... And But she's also so passive-aggressive. She won't actually tell him what she needs even if he asks, right? Like she wants him to just inherently know and maybe he should by now. Maybe after 27 years of marriage a partner should know what their, you know, person needs. But he seems so oblivious. He seems to, like, not know what's happening. He seems to think, like, oh, we've always had this marriage where, like, you're my rock, my ride or die, but I, like, you know, dabble on the side, and it's fine, Mm -hmm. and you do whatever you want, and you get to buy whatever you want. You know, like, that's this agreement. And then all of a sudden, now you're not okay with the agreement is sort of, he, I think, was caught off guard. Sure. I think, I think, I think you're definitely onto something there, but I, and I, something I also think he need, and I, maybe he has had this reflection, but something tells me he hasn't. The agency's <laughs> success would be nowhere without Kyle. His, 100%. his success in real estate would be nowhere yeah. without Kyle. Because be no the, only reason, the, yeah, the only reason he got a job in real estate was because Kyle got him a job working for Rick Hilton. And then, the only reason the agency is successful is because we all watched the television program that they're on where we learned about the agency. Yeah. Like, yes, a hundred percent. He's been plugging the agency since like season two or three, whenever he launched it of Beverly Hills. So I'm like the, you, you owe everything to this woman for this business. And you, you, it just feels like he doesn't respect her for that like i don't know there's just something about the him not being present on the show i'm like you when cameras are up you should be doing whatever your wife asks you to because like your business like this empire that you're living on would not be here if it wasn't for this platform that she's created for you you're 100 percent right 100 percent right one thing that makes me a little sad is i watch kyle and sutton and i actually feel like they have a true friendship and they're really building it back up and Mm -hmm. then at BravoCon at the panel kyle was sort of like implying she had to take steps back from sutton's friendship i'm assuming that's due to things sutton has said since her and mauricio's separation came to light but I don't know. I'm kind of like everyone seems to be. That does bum me out. I didn't know that. It really bums me out. Yeah. They're just like. But then, then just today, because I go on Instagram before I record because I usually miss so many big things. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that um, Kyle has a new puppy. And Mm -hmm. the last thing that woman needs is a new dog. She's got too many dogs. She doesn't train. (laughs) 
this dog is so cute though. And um, so Kyle uh, or Sutton like commented on the, so I was like, who's commenting on this, right? Like who is she still in good graces with? But then I also don't really understand Instagram etiquette. Like I don't know because me and my real life friends like talk in real life. We're not mm-hmm. like on each other's socials really. And most mm-hmm. of my friends aren't big on social media. Like they don't post yeah. that much. So I don't understand like when you're famous, do you like have to comment on each other's? So like, I don't understand like who takes the time to co- like, and if, and is it like a bad sign if you don't like a post from your clothes? Like, I don't know it. I don't I don't get it. I think it's, or is it uh, I think you're reading too much into that. Okay. that type. I think it's just like, I don't think it's performative. I think they just like saw it on Instagram. Also old people. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like comments. I don't understand the like, no, but old people just comment on things. So like, like Sutton's just scrolling and she just writes, Oh my God. And then yeah, scrolls yeah, yeah. and probably writes something else on something else. You know, I don't think it's like a calculated. He's like, Rick, call me. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Those are the best. Um, no, well, I feel like with Sutton and Kyle that Sutton loves her vodka and I'm I I worry she just sits uh. and like says shit sometimes like in the, she does sit and say shit in those in the interview chairs and so she, Kyle probably watched her after what like like there's no way she's not drinking one of those um vodka and grapefruit juices while she's filming these these <laughs> confessionals yeah and i'm sure there's one that she said that did not rub her the right way i'm sure she said something in the press about their breakup or on watch what happens live that probably bothered kyle but then she needs to come out and say that she was bothered why she was bothered and why does her the d- end of her marriage have to be handled with kid gloves but everyone else's problems they just need to be honest. You know? Yeah. Well, she's always, Been Kyle's hypocrite. always yeah. a hypocrite when it comes to, especially her personal life. Yeah. She protects, she protects so much of her own stuff, but doesn't have any sort of boundaries on what, where she'll go with other people's drama. We shall see. Well, speaking of marriages ending, um, let's talk about Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Larsa. Well, I was thinking Lisa and Lenny because it's still. I was say Larsa ongoing. and Marcus because now they're engaged. Are they? Oh, did you not see that? I I saw because I did my scrolling that they like were spotted on Valentine's Day and she was wearing white and so had they some broke sort up on Super Bowl Sunday. Okay, and he like, <laughs> because... posted a picture with his dad. Yeah, like he Burn. was with his dad, and then, I don't know. <laughs> they broke up, and then they they were seen together on Valentine's Day, and then yesterday she called the pap, and uh, the paparazzi showed up and took photos of her. I I say she called them because who's taking photos of Larsa walking around Miami? Like no one. Um, so the paparazzi show up, take photos of her, and she is like. C- candidly quote I'm using quote oh my god look at the balloons <laughs> <laughs> okay this is happening this is happening at work I-, I don't know what it is but like w- look oh now confetti. there's confetti I know I don't know quote unquote happened to capture her with her hand just like on her chest and she has a wedding ring on she has an engagement ring on and it's on that like the hand it's, that okay yeah it's finger. on her left okay yeah 
Yeah. Interesting. So the rumors now are they broke up, got back together, and they got engaged. <laughs> she is too much for me. It's performance art at its finest. She's such a fucking loser. I can't. I can't stand her. <laughs> So she's someone like in the love to hate. And I don't mean actual hate, but like for me, she is the perfect villain. She like says all the wrong things. She riles me up and then she cuddles up to Gertie in that church and wins me back for like three seconds. And then immediately after I'm like, what on earth is wrong with you? Like she's so interesting to me because... Like, especially at the end of this episode, I know we're jumping all over, but when the women confront her about how there are stories all over the press about Michael Jordan not approving of Larsa dating his son, Marcus, she, it's like the best media trained person. Like, she just won't engage with it. And you can't convince her that it's true. It's why it's it's insane to watch, but no, she's so good at it. She like makes you question whether like did I read this? <laughs> it's that Kardashian brain. I'm serious. She learned some things from Chris when she was living in Calabasas with the girls on whatever season that was of the Kardashians she was on. I think she just like knows how to get ahead of stuff and no she can justify anything that she does. That's so, but it's like so many of these things are unjustifiable, particularly screaming at someone with cancer, like that kind of stuff. She she doesn't need long to justify either. I think she can literally come up with it uh, on the top of her head and be like, well, no, I did that because you said this, this, and this, this. And it's like, how did, how are you so diabolical that you can't, you, you will go through hoops to justify bad behavior before just saying like, I'm sorry. It's interesting to watch. Uh, I, trying to remember back when this actually came out and I knew it was big because my dad said something and my dad, the three things I think he's ever said to me about Bravo. One is he called me to ask why St- <laughs> if Stassi was racist. <laughs> and if I need to reconsider naming my dog. Um, two was uh, about Scandaval. He had okay. seen that, and which means it made the Wall Street Journal because that's the only paper he like reads front to back. Um, mm-hmm. And the third was this. He said, oh, my gosh, like, you know, because he follows sports and Michael Jordan and it made it into like Sports Illustrated or something. There was some story about it. And he's like, wait, Michael Jordan's son is dating Scottie Pippen's ex-wife? I'm like, yeah. And they're on your favorite show, The Real Housewives of Miami. <laughs> which he does like he when he walks in the room he goes because he gets excited every time he sees martina oh really oh yeah my dad my, when i told my dad that martina was on he was like you know who she is i'm so proud <laughs> oh my dad just walked in while me and my stepmom were watching and he goes oh my god that's martina never Tolova. and he just like went on about all of her stats and all of these like you know championships that she won and you know <laughs> It's very sweet. Well, the, no, but the I, it, I also though on the side of Marcus, something about Marcus that bothers me, and like I, I'm someone who I'm someone who is easy to forgive, but I don't forget. And if I was in his circle, like or in his family, I uh, there's something about him 
essentially just like betraying his family by being with your dad's like rivals ex-wife like as a partner like i'm like that's just something to me that is like kind of it crosses such a line like as a son more than it does as um as an ex-wife like for him i'm like your dad you wouldn't be anywhere without the success of your father like you get to live a lavish lifestyle because your dad is michael jordan like like you owe him respect to like not have to put him in the same kind of like the same breath as Scotty Pippen, someone who he doesn't like anymore. You know, I'm not saying I'm anti Scotty Pippen. I just mean like, yeah, I would never like go out of my way to betray my, my a family member. But do it you just, think it he just did it on is purpose? weird. Well, I don't think he, I, I, I don't know like that he did it on take purpose, but I just, dad, you know, I don't think it was malicious, but if it doesn't cross your mind that it's a not a good idea, that's like a character <laughs> flaw. <laughs> like that's weird. Same I'm sorry, Marissa, right? Like I think it, like if it doesn't cross your mind that you met this person when they were under eighteen, like that that I think if you meet someone for like ten minutes and they're ten years old, and like twenty years later you marry them, that's still creepy to me. Like, you met this person when they were a minor. That's gross. I didn't think about that. She did meet him. We know that. They didn't spend a lot of time together, but she had met him. Okay. I've never thought about that. And that is weird. And he was a child. Like (laughs) That's a child. That's a child. (laughs) If If it was the other way around and Larsa was eight years old, 13 years old, whatever it is, when she met Marcus and he was the adult, like the older one, I would think it was creepy and borderline. Like, like I don't know. It's just, right. no, it I mean, weirds me out. Something similar happened this week. Uh, David Foster posted, I think, a picture of him and Catherine McPhee for Valentine's Day, but it was when they first met, and I think she was on American Idol and possibly under 18. And I'm like, this is gross. Like, I don't... <laughs> it's different when people have an age gap and they meet over age 18, you know? Like Tom and Erica Gerard. you know, like... <laughs> sure, like, Erica was a stripper, Tom was, like, on lunch break. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's okay. It's I don't know. Like he didn't meet her when she was under eighteen. Like it just it weirds me out. Am I the only one? Am I like too sensitive? No, about it this? does. No, it does. It, it's totally bizarre. I I don't the team the teammate <laughs> aspect and then like her being around teammates kids and then later being with one. I never put all those pieces together in my brain. In my brain, like they had never interacted. And... I don't think they had a lot of interaction, right? But there's no world in which they weren't at the games at the same time and crossing like the family members. Uh, there's not it's not like a football team. It's a basketball oh. team. There's not that many players. I know. You're right. The families now, know Larsa, each other. Was Larsa like with Scotty through like the Bulls like yes. hype? Like through like the when they were like everyone the most famous team in the world yes i didn't know if, i didn't know if she was with him like after the, maybe it was partway through or, but yeah. she was like 21 when she met him i think oh really yeah I didn't she, realize. They, she was very young and she had been with him they've been together 23 years 
Damn. Well, you know, what would be, I don't know. She, if, cause her son is now in the NBA, right? Yeah. One of them. Yeah. He just got drafted. Um, do they do drafts in the NBA? I don't know. Yeah. He's in the NBA. Um, the oldest one. Um, and I'm like, if he hooked up with someone in the Jordan family, how would she feel about that? Like, uh, or like, like happy family. Like, like, <laughs> She'd be like, that makes Thanksgiving plan easier. <laughs> I just, I don't get it. I don't know. I, don't... I think she, it's just like, her brain just works differently. Like, she doesn't think of the things that you and I think of. And the things she does think of are things you and I would never consider. Like, she's just cut from a different cloth. Like, she's just a different kind of person. She's yeah desperate to be relevant she writes her own narrative and she believes it i really think she believes most of what she says which is why it's so like cringe when she brought everyone to her tequila distillery which i feel like should be called a tequilery (laughs) please though not a tequilery that's what i wrote down (laughs) when i was taking notes and i was like is that even a thing didn't realize it combined the words um and she she brings them all there and she's like it's just so important that you guys support me because i work really hard and like it just to be honest doesn't seem like that much work like it's just like no right like you've been i had actually more respect for her work with the only fans because that is right that is you have to post every day you have yeah, to and interact all the with time. people. Yes, that is a ton of work. This going down to Mexico every few months, tasting things, and having a couple days of meetings is not the same as like a grind. And mm-hmm. and then she says all this work, and then I love when Alexi is like, "We all work hard because they do." And not everyone. I mean, fucking <laughs> Doctor Nicole works twenty four hour shifts at the hospital, and then, and then takes a red eye to film. Show. And never yeah, I know. No, never. I don't know. I, I, I don't understand how that woman has time to be doing all the things she does. It doesn't make sense to me, Nicole. I'm like, how are you able to be here? Like, and not be, ex- and she's always down to have fun too. I'm like, I would be exhausted. Like in yeah. my bed, binging some sort of British detective series. Like, like, I'm sorry. I wouldn't be out and about on vacations when, on the days I'm not working. I I don't understand how she does it. So I asked her this at BravoCon. Mm -hmm. I like met her at one of these cocktail things. And I was like, I don't understand how you're able to work your job. How how do you even make time for filming? And she said that she has been working at that same hospital since residency. Mm -hmm. She was the chief resident, which is a big deal. If you've all watched Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. <laughs> and she's gained a lot of trust from her employers. And so when sh- this opportunity came up, she was like, during these three months of filming, can I change my schedule? You know, it doesn't mean that it's going to always work out, right? Like she still has shifts, but fewer mm-hmm. shifts than she does during the rest of the year. And I also think that when you live that life, you get used to it. Like when you're a resident, you never, it feels like you get so little sleep. You're always running on fumes. Now that she's just like a practicing anesthesiologist, for her, it probably feels so much easier than residency. And then 
yeah, but I she's she's like a superhuman to me, mm-hmm. like a superhuman. And, and we're also forgetting another aspect: a mom. Like, yep, and pregnant <laughs> right now, mom, and she's pregnant. I'm like, what? How? How? Yeah, I think she's just like a superior human being. She can just, you know, how some people can just do a lot and don't need a lot of sleep. Yeah, I'm, I don't, I'm not I, that person. I'm. I don't need a lot of sleep. Like oh, I can I hang do. on like five hours forever I if I need to. <laughs> You're like kicks though. My sister, she she needs a full. <laughs> she had. A, I, I'm gonna out her her history in in therapy for a moment, but it's it's not that serious. Don't worry, everyone. She had a therapist <laughs> one time tell her. <laughs> well, she was saying she sleeps like ten to eleven hours sometimes at night. Oh, that's like, a it, lot. No, that's a lot. And she therapist say to her one time, do you think maybe like we should just kind of like actually kind of pull back on the sleeping? <laughs> because she was like, because <laughs> she, she was talking about how she doesn't have time to like relax at night or doesn't have time to do this for herself. And she's like, well, you something you are making time for is um, is sleep. <laughs> so I think you could have maybe kind of like subtract a couple hours and kind of divvy yeah. those hours elsewhere. <laughs> like when I think of like a good night's rest, it's nine hours. That's like good, right? That's not oh, what sweet. I get every day, but that's like Mine's would eight. be my ideal, right? And every day it's more like a seven to eight, right? But I really prioritize it because less than seven – like especially less than six for me, my eye starts twitching. Like when I don't get enough, I get one of those people that get those twitches. And like, I get them too. Yeah, you know, and then I don't know. I just don't feel good. I have no energy. Oh yeah, Coffee no, I mean, doesn't you don't work. Feel like it's mm-hmm. just my whole body is just like go back to bed. <laughs> no, I I can. I, I'm honestly the reason I'm I can I became good at it was because I was I taught. I taught spin for so long that um, you would teach at night and then you would get home. Like I would teach like a 630 and a 730 class. And then by the time that's over, you get home at like nine or 930 and you're wired because you have to eat, but you're also wired because you've been like on and like at a 10 and you're not tired. So then you're up until like 12 or 1230 at least and then I would have to teach at 7 a.m. the next morning. Yeah. And so then you, you wake up at 5 and you're just like, you just kind of figure it out. Yeah, it's like parents, it's, right? Like having a yeah. newborn, you don't like sleep for more than, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and a half at a time. And mm-hmm. you just get by, right? On fumes. But yeah, it's shout out to all the parents of small children because that's the parents and working working moms you know i mean moms in general are superheroes to me yeah moms who are able to prioritize so much on their plate i I don't know how you do it they're they're rock stars so yeah i do think dr nicole has a lot of support from her mother with her Mm -hmm. son like her mom like when she's away her husband takes care of her son, but her mom is also around, right? Because her totally. husband works and maybe can't do the like three or four p.m. pickup from school or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. yeah, she's incredible. Um, wanted to get to Lisa and just how she's come across this season. Are you over her whining about Lenny? Are you like, what do you make of her new relationship? How she interacts with the women? Like, where are you at on this? Yeah, I'm kind of in a place where, uh, you know, and I, I don't want to, I'm not 
I, I support I support women and I, I am <laughs> I am team women getting out of toxic relationships. Okay. But I'm sorry. Lenny has been a dick forever. And it's hard to have sympathy for her. So where she's constantly surprised at the ways that he's fucking her over. Like this is a man who essentially kind of refused to have children with you. And you for so long, like you didn't have kids until they didn't have children until the show stopped the well, last I think time they were trying and she couldn't get, they were having, I know, infertility. I know that she was having fertility issues, but then he was like, I, there was some, there was some ultimatums I think in there. Yeah. And like, like he was just a dick about it. It's right. kind of my point yeah. there. So it's like, and then light, lights, camera, action. We're filming again. He looks like he loathes you all of that first season, like that he's filming with you. And it's, and then you guys split up in such a disgusting, awful way. It's just like, I, I don't know how you can continue to be so surprised at the ways that he's going to treat you so poorly. Like, I, and it, she frustrates me because I want, she has people willing to help her not be so helpless, mm-hmm. but it's clear that she's still so dependent on him in a way that makes her hard to root for in a way. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I know that he's the father of her children. So she has to be dependent on him forever because like that is the situation, but she just, I don't know when you're, when you're around someone so bad, like Lenny is for so long, you can't help, but like also, get some bad traits in you. And I hope that it, her privilege around this, this whole trip to Mexico city where she's talking about the way people live. I'm like this, you are, you are disgusting. Like this is, yeah. it's really tough to watch the stuff she was saying about the, the dogs and the people that were living. I'm like, you have really never seen the world. Like you, you've never like gone out of your bubble and you've been coddled. You've been coddled forever by Lenny and by others. And when when um, Larsa said to her, "If um, what's her new boyfriend's name?" Jody. And she was like, "If Jody leaves you, you have nothing." <laughs> which made me, <laughs> which made me cackle because I'm like, "That's your best friend." She just like dragged you into like the gutter. But like, I want her to find something of her own. You, you know. And she's so dependent on these men. Right, right. (laughs) Oh, how can I forget? There is a perfume (laughs) happening. But it's like, it's hard to root for her because she's so dependent on these men. And she says this awful shit. Yeah, she has sort of a learned helplessness. And it was really illuminating to me when Nicole came into her room and they were able to bond over having troubled relationships with their fathers growing up. And Mm -hmm. we find out, because I've always been so curious about Lisa's upbringing. I mean, we know she's from Canada. We know she's not close with her family. But we don't know much else, right? Like, they never show up in filming. And finally, next week, we see her mom. But she has been dependent on a man since age 17, since she had a boyfriend who she then moved in with his family. And then after that, there was another man. And eventually, there was Lenny. Like, she's never done it on her own and it's almost like she doesn't believe she can and even now the agreement of where she's living it's you know i I don't know if they're still going to build this house that they talked about but she's living in a place that is thirty two thousand dollars a month seventeen thousand i believe is paid by lenny and fifteen thousand by jody 
I don't believe she actually contributes. And some people are like, oh, my God, that's amazing. She got her ex and her current boyfriend fund her lifestyle. Like, queen, slay. Like, I don't think it's slay, y'all. That's not, that's <laughs> awful. That, you don't like, have anything. Is, you don't have like, nothing. Why can't you live within your means? And th- I think the part that's hard to relate to is that she doesn't seem so sad about losing him. She's upset about losing the lifestyle. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, when you watch Sutton talk about the dissolution of her marriage, it seems as though she's upset about, like, losing the person that she felt was family, right? And it's a breakup of a family, and it's her feeling helpless and all this stuff, and other relationships falling apart. Like with Kyle, you can tell she's had this long, like Mauricio and her had such a connection, and they were so good about raising their daughters together. You know, it, they miss the what it used to be. It, I don't get that from Lisa. I don't get like that she's sad about the breakup of the family. I get that she's upset about the change potential change in lifestyle. She's more threatened by that than she is actually losing a husband. Yeah, I I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. But that's, it's, it's, it's a bad look. It doesn't look, she doesn't come across, you don't come across rooting for her. And that would like, I think she thinks, She's like, I just want everyone rooting for me. Like, I need every, I need people on my team. And I'm like, well, you don't really make it that easy or fun to be on your team because, like, you don't acknowledge the pro- privilege you have and you're not willing to, like, make sacrifices. It doesn't seem like you're willing to make sacrifices for just the wellness of your family. Like, get a home, get an apartment. You you're on a television show. You and you're, you're you're on a television show and you get money from Lenny, right? You can get an apartment on your own and live and start to create a new normal for you and your family. But you living at like you half living with Jody and then the kids living with Lenny and then the it's just like your kids are hearing all of this unfortunately and like even if they're even though they're not they're not like old enough to fully understand it. Like you're, I I don't know. It's just I just want her to do better for Me her too. family. For her she can kids. and she yeah. can. She has the resources to do better. So that's where it's hard to root for her. Yeah, her her mentality is off. Like she views herself as a victim always, and mm-hmm. yeah, she's a victim in this. Right? She is. She is absolutely. Right? But the mentality asshole. of being a victim keeps you a lot of times from being able to be empowered. Like mm-hmm. And if you think about Ariana, she's the victim of this cheating situation, yet she didn't let this victim mentality control her mind. Maybe it mm-hmm. did for a couple months. And then she was like, okay, I can do this. I, you know, I'm sure that wasn't fucking easy. You know, everyone's watching, everyone's judging every move you make. But if you view yourself as being helpless, you will be. Yeah, and she, she wants to just she goes on this vacation and she just sits and and caught and wants to be coddled and yeah. it's like well babe like unfortunately like everyone has a lot going on and like you can't be everyone's little baby every, everywhere you go like we 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 got to take care of ourselves here and and you're being a little bit of a selfish dick so I, I couldn't get over how marisol told her oh i'm going to scotland and we're going to renew our vows and she's like with who <laughs> As if she doesn't know Marisol's husband. She doesn't 
know anything about these people. When uh, when um when Kiki, Kiki was like, "What's my kids' names?" She literally saw a ghost. I bet you. I bet you. She was like, "Oh, I forgot. She's a mom." <laughs> right. I mean, great. We did not know a that she was like, mom. We yeah, doing it on her own, not bitching, not saying like oh, she. You just everyone deserves time to bitch, but it can't totally. take up all the time of the whole group. That's just and, not fair. And you and she's got to shut the fuck up about Lenny. Like no one wants to hear about it. It also, and it's also not, it's not good helping for her. your situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, right. Yeah. It's it's tough. Well, speaking about Oh my god, you have so up. many notes. I know, I do. <laughs> I cuz otherwise I don't remember what happened. Especially after a week of like mad a mad TV. You're like you have you have a dissertation in front of you. I've never seen anything like it. And you print it out. <laughs> I, know. I, I type it out. It's so guys, pathetic. Otherwise, look behind I the curtain. literally Mandy don't literally... remember. No, guys, I look behind the curtain. Mandy l- just turned a page and I saw a page of notes. She turned a page. So, like, we actually have multiple pages here. <laughs> she types out notes and prints them out. So, as an av- as avid... Is this real life listeners? She's doing the hard work for you, and she's one of the hardest working women I know. I'm like crying. It's, it's only when other people point things out that I'm like, wait, not everyone does this. Well, no. <laughs> I, I I take loose notes. I'll be like, this was funny. Oh my god, I can't believe she ordered the margarita with something in it. And like, so I'll, I go in, I go in like that. I am. <laughs> I'm such a like DC type A person, but what's you crazy okay. is that in my group of friends, I'm like the type B. Like if that tells you about how people in DC are, like people are on time, everyone like no- opens their calendar and it's completely up to date. Like it's just your friends sound scary. It's just the people. <laughs> no, they're they're not. They're like fun. But no, I'm, I'm, they're the I'm kidding, best but... people to go on vacation with because one person will make all the decisions, will like have a complete itinerary, and just tell you how much you owe. That's I. I am that person of my friends okay. where like I'm the planner for everything. I'm not because <laughs> uh, there are people like who are it. better at it who are like so like more than I am, and I mm-hmm. think I'm that person. But DC is a city. Of those people. <laughs> We're insane. I actually think I would like living in DC, to be honest. I think you would. It's fun. It's so fun. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's got a great like gay scene, like specifically gay mm-hmm. men. It's it's not as much like a lesbian city, but like the gay ma- male scene is is great. Like it's got theater it's got good food it's got music venues that are cool like the people aren't as crazy as one would think we know how to laugh at ourselves usually especially once you reach a certain age like people in their 20s in dc take themselves too seriously because every other every third person thinks they're going to be president you know and then yeah, eventually right. they realize it's like not gonna happen and no. then they chill out a little more i think you'd like yeah, no, I, i've had fun every time i've been so. that's a good it's a good place um all right so wanna end with Vanderpump Rules. Uh, I also don't even know if there was a new episode of Potomac this week because it was this. I'm not Bowl, watching it this season. And I kind of stopped because it got so bad. I I haven't I haven't I haven't spiritually left Austin yet. I'm still trapped in those episodes, so oh I'm God. very behind. chicken shit bingo. <laughs> I saw that. That was the last episode I saw. I think. I do not blame you. 
Um, okay, so with Vanderpump Rules, what do you make of this like conversation between Tom and James Kennedy where Tom brings up 10 years ago that James was betrayed Tom because he was with Kristen and that was Tom's ex. I mean, in Tom's mind, he thinks what happened 10 years ago was worse. What no one keeps bringing up it. What I want to like shake the TV screen in was like James was engaged to Rachel. Engaged. Not only well, not only was he engaged to her, but Tom Sandoval <laughs> paid for, for the engagement party. Fifteen thousand dollars he paid for out cash money out of pocket for his friend James Kennedy. So. If my friend did that after I did fuck his ex-girlfriend 10 years ago, I would think my friend was likely over that I fucked his ex-girlfriend 10 years ago because he's going out of his way to take care of me and my hopeful wife, uh, <laughs> wife's engagement. So it's it's insane to me that he has no... He's similar to Larsa in that he can justify any behavior. Yes. And... um. It's sociopathic. I, I, he has to let it. Also, James Kennedy was, I think, like nineteen years old when he did what he's like talking 21. about. Yeah, yeah. Like you gotta let it go because, like, we all did crazy stuff when we were kids. It's fucked up, and Kristen also is was was doing fucked up stuff, and like you guys were all living a really crazy life like, that was not healthy. So you gotta just move on from that. This was entirely avoidable. You you went out of your way to fuck over your friends. Yep, with I agree. Rachel situation, Scandal. I can't get over the mentality that he has that Rachel is the one that abandoned him. And that's what Billy Lee says at this very, very sad birthday party. Yeah, it, that's <laughs> interesting because... She went she went away to go take care of her mental health and you're saying that she abandoned <laughs> you. <laughs> Interesting. That does sound like something a narcissist would say. So And so I heard this, I think sometime around BravoCon. But my friend mm-hmm. Jody that I was at BravoCon with said that she met someone and I don't know why I believed this. Like I just did, who was either at the Meadows which is the mental health facility with Rachel or a family member of hers was there with Rachel and said that Tom actually basically ended things with Rachel because when she decided to extend her treatment stay, like he wanted her to leave after 30 days. And I believed that because I'm like, he's saying, oh, I'm not drinking. I'm going to wait and have a drink with you when we get back. We're in this together. Like he lost. That's also weird. Right. Very odd. And then he thinks he's some sort of hero because he sent her a lamp that changes color when his lamp changes color as if that is support. That's something you do in like middle school. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I they seem to be very into lights. These these them when they were the kids. Yeah, they love lights. Different light variations. Galaxy lights. Ideally in the bedroom lights. So that was just, and I believed it back then. And then now that it's coming out that that is actually what happened. It's so interesting because so many times you hear these like rumors and you're not sure if they're true. But for whatever reason, when I heard that, I was like, that sounds accurate. I can. That sounds like him. It sounds like him. 
And oh my gosh, just everything with him is, is so tough. We've got emo night. Are you someone who would go to an emo night? No, but I also loved emo music. And I, I, if an emo song came on like the radio, I would be like, oh my God, I was like, I, I was obsessed with my chemical romance. I get it. I get it. Like I'm, I'm someone who appreciates the genre, but I don't know that I want to go to an emo night. I'm not someone who wants to like be out and about in a mosh pit necessarily, but like the music I I get behind. And honestly, the emo version of Good as Gold so is good. really good. It's so good. It's better. When she gave out at BravoCon the um, vinyls of Good as Gold, <laughs> it was only one song on that vinyl, by the way. And she was <laughs> selling it for like $50. For $50? I think it was something absurd for one also, song. Like, if you've ever purchased a record player or like played records, like at a record, they're. You think it's so, and it is cool. It's like a cool way to listen to music, but there is music that is like created for different types of audio, right? When you imprint music onto records or or even on your phone, there are songs that have like spatial audio or have like different types of audio, but there are records that sound awful when you put them on playing a record. Like for instance, if you played like, Nicki Minaj super bass it would sound crazy on a record player yeah. because it has these like synth things that like don't belong in that like medium yeah like versus so like I a... have to imagine good as gold sounds like almost nails on a chalkboard like on a record <laughs> player because I don't think it's meant to translate it to that auditory medium That's such a good point because the only songs and records I've ever heard on on a record player are like Crosby, Stills, and Nash and the Beatles. Yeah, but even and even like you know, I'm like, to think of like what's a good example of like a current um like if you took some like Casey Musgraves album, I'm sure that sounds beautiful on like a record player. But if you Wade. took like, Yeah, even Morgan <laughs> Wade. But if you took like Beyonce Renaissance and played it yeah. on a record player, it would sound crazy because there's like so much production behind it that I, I it's not entirely the point of the record player right that's such an interesting point (laughs) so just but paying 50 dollars to listen to like just like synth screaming and screeching on a record player is is diabolical of sheena (laughs) the word for this episode is just diabolical (laughs) diabolical i've said it a lot (laughs) but it's true that's what we're witnessing What do you, I mean, how do you feel about season 11 of Vanderpump Rules? We've been doing this for a while. You know, where are you at? Like, what do you think about this season? I can tell you what I think, but. Uh, I mean, I think this, I don't know where we go from here, certainly. Like, I don't know what in God's name could be after this. And they need. I think it was a big misstep to not re to not introduce some new faces into this season, because like you need we we because there's no new faces. We're only gonna be talking about Scandal the whole time. Yeah, that's all we're gonna be talking about. There's gonna be no other fun drama. I mean, we have this impending drama, I guess, about Sheena and Schwartz making out in Vegas like ten years ago, but it's like. You had to pull, you had to go into the docket of like old things you did that you never told anyone to create drama because like, I'm worried there's nothing else going on. So I, I think they pigeon them, pigeonholed themselves into this one thing and we're going to have to watch Scandaval play out for a whole other, you know, 16 episodes 
that is not going to provide any new information for us. I don't know. I love, I love, I've loved the show. Last season was very good. Even without, if you took Scandival out of it, I think they did a good job in general. Like it was a good season. Um, But like season eight, nine are nearly unwatchable. And like, I, I just think we're back into that mix again. I think you're right about the future of the show. But for the now of the show, this third episode that we saw, it was my favorite. Um, and It I, was. There was for, things happening. And yeah. for me, the reason that it was my favorite is that we're talking about things that I had previously kind of heard rumblings about, but mainly from having to seek out that information from podcasts. And, you know, I'm sometimes I hear stories and I'm like, why isn't that on the show? And a great example is things going on in Tom Schwartz's life with his family. We have seen his brothers on the show. We've heard that there are things going on with his brothers. And it wasn't until this episode that he really opened up about what's going on, how serious it is, how it's impacting him. Like, that's what I actually want to hear about. You know, and I also was very, I mean, most after about the first two weeks of the Scandaval thing, I started getting very concerned about Tom and Rachel's mental health. I was like, this is what would drive someone to hurt themselves. Um, the amount of negative attention, the unrelenting amount, the vitriol from fans who act as vigilantes because they feel like they have to restore some sort of sense of like who's right and wrong in the world. I cannot imagine being on the receiving end of hate from everyone and then it being a top story on cnn.com like that is so crazy and to be able to actually hear what it was like for him is actually what i wanted to know it doesn't i agree did okay it's just i wanted to hear what his experience was with it not him giving excuses of why it happened how was his experience with the scandal unfolding yeah i agree i do think that 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 is interesting. I, I it's not that I don't believe him that he's he was struggling. I just it's hard for me because he's so he's so manipulative that yeah. I worry that I I hope in my heart that he would never like manipulate people by saying things like that because there are people that suffer from mental health is so scary. And like I just pray that he's not using this as some sort of like look at me like my life is hard too. sort of point of view, you know? And like, that's, that was, that was my only red flag that went up during that conversation that he had with Lisa, where he was talking about that. I think it's important that we listen to him and hear, hear how he is dealing with this. Cause I agree. I, I, if you are someone listening to this and you have trolled people, like it's, it's just not cool behavior. It's, it's, it's just gross and it's not needed. And I do feel bad for him that he received so much, you know, vitriol and it was all over the world. But I I just hope that he is always honest about the way that he had to deal with these things because not being totally transparent about that and manipulating it is, is really gross. So, yeah. I mean, I, I took him at face value for what he said, especially because it, I think the contributing factor was the death of his best friend, Ali. Yeah. And to have that happen in the middle of, all of this hatred being piled on at you and someone that you actually lean on and is part of your support system being gone. I can't 
you know, and then you having to grapple with the grief on top of all of this craziness, I think is really difficult. I wish he did reach out to Lisa, you know, because mm-hmm. Lisa was like, please promise me if you ever get these sorts of thoughts to reach out. And it's interesting that he didn't reach out to Lisa or I think Schwartz. I don't know who, because Schwartz mentioned, like, I heard from other people that he was starting to feel um, suicidal. And yeah. that's just very worrisome if, because he acts like Schwartz is his best friend and, you know, almost like a brother type figure to him. I hope, I hope he got like the help that he needs. It doesn't take I away from what he did. Um, but also, no, no one deserves to be, yeah. no matter, even though, despite him doing bad things and yeah. being a narcissist and a manipulative human, like no one deserves to be in a, in that space. So like my heart does go out for, to him. Like, I hope that, I hope that he's getting help and taking it, taking it seriously. I agree. I worry. I worry that Ariana is not going to feel a lot of backlash because people are getting frustrated with her for not getting over it quick enough. And, you know, she has setting boundaries up and all of that. And I think the hard part for us is that going back to Potomac, like they're on a show and I understand someone has crossed you in a way they should not ever cross you. And in real life, you would never see them again. But you're on this show right now. And to make the show happen, you have to be around each other at some point. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it messes with the show. And I get like Ariana's point of view. She's like, why do I have to be the one to leave? You know, it, she's right. But I, I do worry about the fan backlash against her. I don't want her to. I don't know. I don't think anyone deserves the kind of backlash that Vanderpump fans give <laughs> to the cast. Members. No, no one deserves backlash, period. These Just people like, aren't a reality show. They're meant yeah. to be bad people. Like they're meant to do <laughs> fucked up stuff. That's why we that's why you watch this freaking show (laughs) i don't even think they're like bad people like they people do effed up stuff all the time to each Mm -hmm. other like if you read advice columns and stuff like the things people do to their family members to their friends like we are as the human like humankind can be so cruel but Mm -hmm. we feel like i just this vigilante sort of like oh I'm going to make him pay for what he did. It's my job to do that is such a unhealthy thing. And I just, I hope that the fans just take a chill pill for a little bit. Agreed. Um, gotta, <laughs> can we go back to the Sir Alley? Because yeah, oh my God, this was so iconic. Anytime I, you want, I'm always welcome to be there. I love the Sir Alley. And it was just perfect that that's where the conversation between Sandoval and Sheena happened. I was glad that Sheena stood her ground and how she felt. But what do you think, again, about what Sheena did? Because I thought Tom Sandoval made some good points. Like, I get that you were mad at me, but then you had podcast after podcast after podcast with all these guests, like, unearthing more salacious things. You know, like, at what point were you contributing to the trolling? Oh, she completely contributed to it. I'm team <laughs> I, I'm team him, actually, on that argument. Yeah. Like. Like as someone who said that you are you're mourning our friendship and you're in this sadness about me, you're willing to just like trash me around every corner. So I, I am team him on that. One thing about that whole scene that made me laugh, I don't know if you noticed this. Sheena says, I'm gonna go run to the restroom. Okay. So she gets up and she happens to walk past Tom's table. 
And then Tom is like, <laughs> Tom sees her and it's like, oh my God, like, can we talk? Happenstance, right? right? And then he's like, yes, let's meet in, in the sir alley. I'm, I'm running the restroom. And then we get them in the alley. They talk. And then, and then she gets an Uber and goes home. The way that plays out is essentially as if your friend got up to go to the restroom and never came, came back. back. Oh it's my obviously god! Obviously, it's edited. It's it was edited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I but, totally but I was. But I was like, wait. She said that she was going to the restroom. She's been gone forever, and she, she now is in the car heading home. Oh my god! I totally missed that. That is yeah. so funny. One time she was it was she was peeing. Do you think Sheena and Katie are ever just, are they meant to be friends? No. I don't think Katie (laughs) wants to be friends with anyone that she she films with. Oh, I think she does. I think she wants to be friends with Ariana and Lala. But I don't think Ariana and her are like soul sisters. Like, I don't think they're, like, I think they've gone through so much together and I think they'll always be fond of each other in that way. But like, I don't think they're, they're, they're selling them to us as if they are like, besties and it's like they just don't give off besties to me (laughs) yeah i don't think they're besties but like are going in business together i think they very much respect one another and katie i mean her closest friends are off the show now i mean stassi and dana who she has the podcast with like those are her people what i find interesting do you watch the after show no, but I've heard the after show has been good. It's really good. And it's almost as if you can't understand the show without the after show. Because there's so many okay. explanations. Like, they don't cut them off. They let them talk. So you hear yeah. things that you probably wouldn't otherwise hear. And I want, one really interesting thing that happened was they're talking about, is Ariana the queen of the group? And... You know, you've got Lala saying, yeah, she is. She deserves it. Like, there's always been, like, kind of a rotating queen, whatever. She's like, I always think I'm queen in my head. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) then you've got Sheena saying, I'm never queen. Of course, it's never me. And it's like, it totally was you season three when you got married and you were bridezilla. The show was about you in season one. Yes. Like, you were the reason for the show. show. So you've been queen before, Sheena. And then she says, well, you know... Ariana doesn't respond to as many texts anymore. I don't hear from her as much. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the kind of stuff I want to hear, which is mm-hmm. what's actually going on with all of your friendships? Who who are you friends with just for the show? And who are you actual friends with? And And friendships change. And I'm interested in watching that dynamic shift i agree i i do think that's interesting and we also forget that sheena and ariana are like childhood friends wait they are yeah they they like when they when sheena brought ariana on the show they were like ariana and i like both grew up together right i'm pretty sure ariana grew up in florida but i thought that she knew or maybe they're not childhood friends but she's known sheena like longer than anyone there right like they or they together in yeah, like I'm pretty sure oh, I thought maybe because if you were because if you remember like on Ariana's first season, like Sheena's always like that's my girl. Like we go way back. Like yeah. like she knows her family and like like I don't know if they were like early West Hollywood friends or like, but she was a part of her like early early. When I I I'm pretty sure she's like one of her earliest friends in the West Hollywood world when she was living there. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Because I know because Ariana. I, because I, yeah. if you remember in the early seasons, there was so much drama when Ariana got with Tom because Sheena was like, you're my friend. I've known you for so long. I don't like Tom for you. Yeah. And she like was caught saying that to yes. her mom. And then Ariana's like, you know, I have a good relationship with your mom. Like, I don't want your mom. Like, there's like older stuff with them. Yes. Yes. It does go back really far. But that's interesting to me that yes. they that they're in this place now when that's where they've been. So. Well, Sheena also is someone who gets very upset when people don't text her back. We've learned that from her relationship with Stassi and Katie. And I think she just texts too much, like for the average person. And also Ariana's busy, like she's on Broadway. You know, there's just a lot happening that she might not be Mm -hmm. able to get back to everything. But anyways, it's just very interesting to watch. Um, We have to wrap up soon. But I guess any sort of kind of final thoughts about this episode, this season, the dynamics. Are you excited yeah, I, to go I, to Wolf? I'm I'm interested to see <laughs> the Tahoe stuff play out. I'm interested to see how this weird dog storyline is going to start to play out. Um, I think my biggest critique of this season is I wish Raquel was there. Yes. Yes. We're not going to have the conversations we want to have without her there, unfortunately. So I think that's just like my big takeaway of this season. The missing part for me is Rachel. I agree. She deserves to be able to be heard. And I mean, now she's on a podcast, but I don't know how well that's serving her. It's kind of like either be on the show and stay in this world or leave the world for your own well-being. But this sort of I'm going to be in the world but not on the show I feel like is actually not great for her mental health but I mean what do I know yeah I think she should not mental health she should never have done the podcast or the show (laughs) (laughs) don't go on TV don't meet James Kennedy (laughs) I would say that would be probably kind of like the first step in protecting your mental health All right, Tom, tell everyone where they can find your podcast with kicks, where they can find you on social media mm-hmm. and anything yeah. else you want to plug. Yeah, you can follow me at the Tom Hamlet on Instagram. The podcast Instagram is Dumpster Dive Pod. Uh, the podcast is called Dumpster Dive. We cover uh, Bravo shows as well as formative shows that made us love reality television. You can also follow us at TikTok on the, the number two Dumpster Divas. We do a lot of reaction videos to... Uh, old trailers of Housewives and and non-Bravo-related stuff. So check us out there. You guys are so fun. I hope to see you in a couple months when I'm up in New York. Yes, please. I would love it. Take care. Bye. 